Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm just very well trained. Woof. When... Um uh, Pavlov is out with having dinner with his friend and, and, some, and he hears a bell ring and he thinks, oh, i got to go feed the dog. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 59 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. I sure am. How's it going? And I'm also joined by Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And our third co-host, Mark Rubin, down in San Jose, California. Hey. Blame Skype. Don't blame me. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I wasn't blaming you. I'm blaming technology. The gods I, and all. Stupid Skype. I know. Stupid, <laughs> stupid internet. Stupid Roger. Stupid Bell. No, no, no. Tech savvy. Are you with tech savvy? Really? Big time. Huge fan. I know somebody, I know somebody else is with them. Well, you should know a lot of people because they're the best. Are they? Why? Aren't they just using Bell's, Bell's lines? Yeah, but do you know the deal, man? They're, no, what's they're the leasing, deal? leasing the lines from Bell and Rogers, right? Yeah. And they resell it uh, because they buy it in bulk. Uh, mm-hmm. Your prices are much lower. Your m- m- per month costs are lower. Uh, mm-hmm. Your bandwidth caps are higher. Um, I actually don't have a bandwidth cap. And uh, and the, the service is fantastic. It's like it's just, like just a dumb pipe. Um, so what is it? What's your what's your committed rate and like in terms of download and upload? And then what's your what's your monthly cost? So cable, I am. Are oh, you on cable I'm, too? Yeah, I've got a hundred and fifty meg service. Mm-hmm. Um, Megabits, right? Megabits per second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually so pretty good. Show me. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. You think? Uh, yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> they actually don't offer that plan right now on their website. They they have a hundred meg service um, yeah. for sixty dollars. Um, they also have this thing, it's called Zap the Cap. And when you normally have a data cap of 400 uh, gigabytes per month, mm-hmm. right? That's which their, is still a lot. Which is a lot, right? But yeah. if you opt in for this program called Zap the Cap, what, uh, what happens is that you're between the hours of 8 p.m. and midnight, I think, uh, they reduce your bandwidth to 15 megabits. In okay. exchange for taking that lower bandwidth uh, for those four hours a day, they will knock your cap off. You will have unlimited internet. 
And that's something that you can you can switch on and off. Does that affect your Netflix or whatever? Or? No, 15 megabits is plenty for Netflix. Oh, cool. Yeah, so hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, but for everything else, like through the day, you know, like mm-hmm. actually when I'm really tasking the internet, like downloading iOS updates and Xcode, sure, yeah, for example, yeah. it, yeah. like it's on my computer. Boom. And, and an uploading speed or 10 megabits. 10? Okay. Yeah. 150 down, 10 up. And that's actually why I got it. Like, I didn't care about the 150 so much. It's the 10. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, that's a huge deal for me. So it's great. Uh, and they're very reliable, and they are a dumb pipe. They're not trying to sell me a bundle like Rogers yeah, and Bell yeah. do. And it's nothing like that at all. So uh, and their service is great. You can bug them on Twitter, and they'll yeah. jump all over it. It's cool. Well, you're already paying less than I am by at least, at least 30 or $40. Almost certainly. Um, and I don't get near near the, the amount of download you get. You can um, get how does that tech savvy, too. Just call them up. Yeah, I know. Like I said, the guy who works for me across the street, he actually uses that. So um, how does that compare with the kind of deals you guys get in the States? Like, what do you what do you guys have to do for to get good internet in the States? I use Comcast, which, you know, which is the cable company around here. You know, it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's actually fairly fast now. I, I'm getting probably close to uh, 75 megabits um, download mm-hmm. speed typically now. But it's not cheap, and it's bundled in with, you know, with cable and phone and all that. Right. So, you know, so it, it's not it's not cheap, but it's really mm-hmm. the only option. Pretty similar over here. Comcast is the regional uh, cable monopoly. I think the, the setup is the same. I don't have a data cap, or at least I've never run into it if they have an informal one, so... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's uh, like Time Warner or other, or maybe even other regions within Comcast Network. Oh, okay. I don't have a data cap either, by the way. Often an informal data cap with uh, the carriers there because I've heard these stories, right? That oh, you got up to 200 gigabytes and uh, we're going to throttle you now. Um, uh, yeah, but okay. uh, you know, th- like we've heard those stories, and you know, they come and they go. We don't know what the official policy is, and it's better mm-hmm. left unsaid as far as they're concerned. <laughs> so yeah. So how long have you been with Tech Savvy, Aaron? Just years, years and years. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, if you don't think about it, you think you only have two choices here, either well, Rogers that's it. Like, Cable or well, Bell, right? So. We're, to, to make this a Canadian show for a moment, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys, um, but um, we're, we're very lucky because the CRTC has sort of deregulated the, yeah. um, the carrier business such that third parties can, can enter into the market and lease and resell the, uh, the bandwidth that mm-hmm. they buy from these uh, from Rogers and, and Bell. Right. Uh, right. So that's, you know, like it behooves us, all the nerds, to take advantage of this. <laughs> yeah, no, you have a very really good point. You have a very good point there. And that reminds me of something we, we, that we talked about on Twitter but we didn't talk about in the show, and that was when I went to check about getting an iPhone 6S. Oh, man, um, I would love to talk about that. Yeah, so what happened for me was, as you, we had this discussion last year when we talked about our sixes, Aaron has a, a really sweet phone deal, so he doesn't want to change that. So he goes to the Apple store and just buys a phone out, right? Well, that's what I did last year, yes. Yeah. And then for me, um, I've always been, uh, I've you know, I just realized today that, that you know, I've had eight, eight out of the nine past models of iPhones. In other words, I've, I've only missed the last one, which is a 6S. Yes. You mean this one? Yeah, this one, the current one, right? Yeah. I, I normally get the phone on day one, but this is the first year I haven't done that. Okay. So, um, and the reason was I called up Rogers, and I think last year or two years ago, the CRTC here deregulated our plan so that we don't have to have a three-year um, plan with the with the carrier to keep to get get a device. We now have a two-year uh, plan. So what they did was they, were, they wanted to change change my plan so that I get less service and pay more money. 
and they wanted to charge me way more for the phone. Like, we're yes, ad- admittedly, there's an exchange rate difference between Canada and the U.S. Oh I think God. we're currently around 75 cents on the dollar or something like that, right? 70. And, uh, Which yeah, is the it's... lowest it's been in eons, right? But the price of the phone is like, so for us to get a 64 gig, um, the short part part of my story is it's cheaper. It's better for me probably to just go to the Apple store and buy a phone than it is to stick with my carrier, right? And, and, and pay, through the, pay through their deal because they want $550 Plus, they want to ruin my ruin my phone plan, right? So that's the thing. Like you, you last year got a new phone on your plan, so you have yeah. to pay off the subsidy. Yeah. Um, and well, I'm you, staggered. This is this would technically be my my wife's phone, so she's eligible this year for her okay. phone. Right, right. But uh, oh, okay, so uh, you okay? I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Telus's site right now, actually, and uh, you know how like phones used to be like 199. Yeah. You know, and then on a three year plan, right? And you'd pay yeah. off the difference over the course of your plan. Yeah. Right now, that 64 gigabyte iPhone 6s is 530 dollars Canadian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's your walk in the door price. That used to be two hundred dollars, or yep. actually, I think it was three hundred, really, because it was a step up. But yep. like to almost double is yeah. just blows my mind. And for the for the sake of our American uh, listeners who, who may have tuned out by now, I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm shocked to learn that they you improved to, by going to two year contracts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like dropping them like flies. Like, yeah, oh, it's it's the no contract contract kind of thing now. Well, I think okay. that's it's going to head there too for sure. Yeah. But, but but with the two year contracts, they were mandated, right? So you can't even have three year contracts anymore. Mm-hmm. But but the math is making it even worse, right? Because you've got fewer months to pay off your subsidy, and so the cost goes way up, right? And then you combine that with the fact that the exchange rate from the U.S. dollar has just gone right in the toilet. It's unbelievably bad. Mm-hmm, it hasn't mm-hmm. been this bad since I was a kid. You're looking at a $530 just to walk in, and then you still have to pay off that again because the, the phone is $1,029 if you were to buy it from Apple. And just to be clear here, I haven't started making 30% more money in the last year. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, I can't fathom like how, how well the iPhone sales have done in Canada because most Canadians are going to approach this and be like, oh, yeah, I want the new iPhone, of course. And then they get up there, and it's like $1,000 if you want to buy it off, you know, off contract. Or instead of paying like $200 or $300, you're paying almost $600. And, tax for sure, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, who's going to do that? Like, people are just going to turn around and walk out, I would think. But yeah. maybe not, because, you know, we've seen the numbers. iPhone 6S sales have been terrific, but we haven't seen the numbers for Canada. We'll never see those numbers. Well, so one of one of my buddies was telling me that he's in, he lives in Berlin, and um, he, long story short, he just he, he has to go to, to the store to buy a phone. So he walked in on day one, and there was one guy in line in front of him, right, to buy a new iPhone hmm. 6. And they took his, so he was the second guy in the store and he took his picture and, you know, gave him the high five and all this kind of stuff. And he thinks it's because the other guy didn't even buy a phone. Once he got in and saw what the price was, he just sort of said, screw it and left, right? In Germany. Yeah, in in Berlin. And I don't even, like, there was like nobody in the line, right? Like, if you want to, by the way, if you want to get an iPhone, go to Berlin. But, um, yeah, but yeah, it was like, you know, um, crazy, right? So the I mean, the other side of that is, is the phone that he got was not working very well. And so after two days, he ended up taking it back. And then they gave him back his money because they have no phones to replace it with. So Okay. But anyway, it's just, yeah, it's crazy, like, pricing. What's the, what's the pricing like down in the U.S. of A? Come on, Tim. I mean, everybody well, knows that. The base it's the same. It ammo. never changes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. If, if, you have, <laughs> if you're willing to sign a two-year contract, it's a couple hundred bucks. A couple of hundred? Yeah. yeah. And you've wow. got the, uh, the upgrade program uh, that you can do, too, if you like. Uh, where you pay them a monthly installment and you've always got a brand new phone. That's true, mm. but that doesn't do you any good if you're like me, where you're halfway through a contract. 
Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So you'd have to pay to break that contract? Yes. Out? Yes. In fact, I just looked at the uh, the website for my carrier, and they're saying, if I want to upgrade, they're happy to let me upgrade to a brand new success for $450. Right. And would you, uh, so here's the question. Would you even consider that? No, probably not. Because $450 is, what, 600 or something Canadian, Aaron? Yeah, thereabouts. Oh, actually, that's the 450 is for the, for the 16 gig. Not even the nice yeah. Well, so, right, because yeah. that's yeah. that's the two hundred dollars for the for the new phone, and and another two hundred to break your to subsidy. break the old contract. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Mm. Makes yep. sense. Yep. Yeah. It's a it's a pricey proposition. You know, you look at this little piece of hardware that you hold in your hand, and it's I think it boggles a lot of people's mind how expensive it is. You know, um, like in Canada, the thousand dollar phone. You know, this this little yeah. you know sliver of of technology in my hand is so packed with advanced features that that's how much it costs. And, uh, there's a, I think there's a big surprise for a lot of Canadians in particular, uh, who are, who are truly seeing that cost for the first time. Yeah. Well, they're used to the $0 phones, right? So yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that brought up on that. people walk into a, a phone carrier store and just say, give me the free phone, whatever that is, you know, just give me that, yeah. uh, for better yeah. or for worse. Currently it's a six, I think, or maybe a five, five, five S six. the five S right now, five S? Mm-hmm. I believe is a free phone, something to consider. Yeah, interesting I'm, stuff. Well, I'm sort of wondering right now what to do about uh, an iPad. So I've been, I need to buy a new iPad. I've been talking about this for a while, and I was waiting yeah. for the new ones to come out. But mm-hmm. then the uh, the Air two, they didn't upgrade it. So you know, it's the same the same model as Astro. So now I'm wondering, do I do I actually do I just go buy an Air two and have something that I'll never I'll never forget that it's really one year old technology. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so hard. I, can, I have my old Mini here. here. I think it's an, it's what four year old technology, right? Yeah. The original Mini? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I, yeah, the original Mini, I'm not sure what... Yeah, it's the same one as, as an iPad 2. Yep, that's that right. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so that's four years. Yeah. Four-year mm-hmm. technology, yeah. Yeah, Mark, uh, I'm sort of the same way, like looking at my, my Air, my first-generation Air. And, yep. you know, mm-hmm. like the thing is, of course, is it doesn't take advantage of those great iOS 9 features, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so every time I swipe from the right side of the screen and, you know, trying to look at a new picture, for example, um, in photos, and instead it brings out that multitasking tray, which um, is not terribly useful in you know like multitasking mode on an an air instead of an air two because it's uh it's just an overlay it's not you know two separate apps and so like say i'm watching uh major league baseball like uh the jays clinched the al east tonight which is very exciting the the other part of the view is underneath the yeah right so like i'm I'm watching a video in major league baseball and i swipe over from the right to like bring up my twitter stream well Mm -hmm. the video stops because it's not foremost anymore oh really really yeah just, wow. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. There's Marcus Stroman just looking pensive, uh, and Magpie's out here on the side tray, and uh, the video's frozen. Wow. Drive me nuts. But of course, you could put the video into um, picture-in-picture mode, and uh, you can do that on yours. You can do that. Yeah, every okay. iPad can do picture-in-picture. Okay. But uh, what you can't have are two simultaneously running apps. You can only do that on the Air Two and the Mini Four, right, which right. was just announced. But now, like, look at the iPad Pro. Okay, and the yeah. technology in there—that is the next generation stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that technology, like they say, the ability to be used with the pencil, for example, um, mm-hmm. the faster frame rate on the display, the pressure sensitivity—that stuff is probably going to come to the next generation iPad Air. And so, I think I'm going to like swallow my my pride, and <laughs> I'm going to hold off on any purchase whatsoever. iPhone six, I'm going to keep it. iPad Air, I'm going to keep it. And next year, I think that a lot of great stuff is going to be trickling down. Yeah. So I'm going to hold off until then. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do because I'll be kicking myself if, if in three months they come out with an Air 3. 
right after I buy it's it. Never gonna, too, no way, right? which, no way, no way, no way. Which is likely to happen. <laughs> no, the trick is to watch me. When I buy something, they'll come up with something a week later. Okay, so can you buy something right now, Tim? <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm, I'm buy it. I'm probably going to buy the Pro when it comes out because I'm going to try and resist not buying the iPhone 6S and then yep. and I'll just I'll get a Pro, you know, because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I bought the Air, Air 2 last year and, and to be honest with you, I really wanted a Mini with Touch ID. Mm. But I didn't want to buy the Mini 3 because it didn't have, you know, the latest, it, latest <laughs> things. It just had Touch ID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, an, it was an, inc- an upgrade from the Mini that I currently have. But still, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't a compelling enough reason to do it. And and long story short, I had a discount to buy a proper I- iPad. So, I you know, it made a, like a $25 difference for me. So it was a no-brainer, right? And I didn't, I didn't really use the iPad 2 for the longest time. And, you know, the iPhone 6 Plus, for me, it does, you know, a lot of what I would do on an iPad to begin with. And... It wasn't until multitasking came out and I started playing with it that I've actually gone back now to my to my uh, Air Two for things. You know, other than like when I'm sitting on the couch and want to bring up IMDb when I'm watching a movie or something like that, or for Netflix or what have you, right? So, like some things are just better looked at on the iPad than they are on any device, even a phone, right? So, yep. totally, totally, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Getting an iPad Pro might be worth it if only to make sure that your apps still work right so somebody (laughs) tweeted out that uh, there's a new app icon required for the ipad pro 167 by 167 oh really yeah that's not an even number uh so it says i mean this is from the developer (laughs) to apple.com you know it's like across the way it's 180 120 120 152 76 and 167 for iphone 6s plus iphone 6s iphone 4s ipad ipad 2 and ipad pro well, isn't that funny? I guess Apple's just once and for all saying, okay, One X does not exist anymore. We don't even know what that really? is. Really? Really? They, they must be because, you know, if you, you would normally make a One X version of that, 167, mm-hmm. which is, here, just doing a little math, divided by two. Yeah, 83 and a half. 83 and a half. For Bernicia, 83 and a half. Yeah. Or something like that. The only thing, the only column they have with the One X is the iPad 2 and iPad Mini, which is 76 by 76 for the app icon. So what does 167 divide by? Two. Well, it doesn't divide it evenly doesn't. by two. Not right? evenly. Right. So you're going to have a half pixel, but nobody cares, right? Because there are no One X devices out there. The, the uh, iPad Mini, the original iPad Mini, and the iPad Air, uh, sorry, the iPad 2, those were the the, the last uh, non- are they off sale? Those are off sale? Yeah, yeah. no, those are no longer for sale. Actually, yeah, the uh, even the iPad Mini is is not on for sale anymore. Right. So that's it. They're gone. And it, and it's, I guess, not, not surprising that in that same breath, Apple was announcing a you know, an asset size that simply would not uh, work on a One X display. Hmm. Hmm. So does that mean we're all we're all lightning display lightning connections now too, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. I don't think Apple sells anything that is a thirty pin connector anymore. Mm-hmm. Fully modernized lineup, but of course, there's all kinds of, th- of new technologies that much of the lineup doesn't have, and that's the new stuff, right? Like I, I was just talking about this with a friend today. We we're talking about the Apple Pencil. Like you, Tim, he's very interested in the iPad Pro. Because of, you know, the, I think the new interactions that it's going Drawing to allow. Drawing and coloring. Drawing. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so the Apple Pencil, I think, is so cool. But, um, you know, I think, I think the ability to use a pencil is going to come to the rest of the lineup in, uh, in a year or so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, when the next uh, refresh comes. And so I'm looking forward to that. You know, I was thinking, and uh, I even said this to my friend, you know, I bet you that uh, a pencil with an iPhone 7 would actually be really nice. Mm. Think about it. iPhone 7, yeah. With the yeah, Apple I might have pencil. to get the then, Hermes cuff band for my watch so I can have some place to holster the pencil. You could totally do that, <laughs> and you would look utterly badass in it. I mean, absolutely. Be fashionable, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So start now, start working on your app to make it accept the old uh, Palm script. Remember that? 
Yeah. Yes. Graffiti. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Graffiti. Graffiti, yeah. Graffiti, yeah. yeah. Well, that, didn't that actually start on, on, on Newton? I'm pretty sure it did. No, Newton's big thing was natural handwriting recognition. No, no, no. They, somebody started somebody started writing graffiti on Newton as far as oh, I, well, I remember. Sure and then it went over to, to Palm afterwards. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't you know could, that. You could get, in, I'm pretty sure you could get graffiti for Newton back in the day. So, hmm. But I was snobbish and said, no, no, my handwriting is fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Eat at March. <laughs> so something funny that Mark said earlier was that uh, it's possible that we might see a mid-season refresh of the iPad line. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what he said. And it's happened. It has happened, yeah, but it's yeah. happened in sort of the early history of the iPad, and they seem to have settled into this annual refresh schedule. Yeah, yeah. when I bought my yeah. iPad 3, which is oh, yeah. what you I got currently burned. use, I, got, I totally got burned, yeah, because the, <laughs> the iPad 4 came out three months later. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah. the iPad yep. 3 was the shortest-lived iPad ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it only lasted six months. They, they brought it out at a fall um, event, but then the next spring they came out with the iPad 4. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, the original iPads started shipping in April. Yeah. So I think we had an April, and then we had another, I think the iPad 2 came out in the April following, if not somewhere around there, anyway, March, April. Oh, I'm sure somebody out there knows, who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's not forget the iPad 3 was hilariously known as the new iPad. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, many, many, many blackened eyes over that one. But uh, fair to say, not I Not only is it slow, but think... it's 32-bit, so I can't install any of these nice content blockers. So I see lots, really? of, lots of ads. Nope. Yep. That's right. Yeah, you need 64-bit for that. So iPad 3 can't do that? Nope. iPad 4 can't do it. Um, the the only one is the Air and Up. Am I right about that? Is, that, uh... is the Air 64-bit? Yeah, the... uh, I don't even know. Yeah, the Air is 64-bit. Okay, then, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But the iPad 4 is not. Speaking of content blockers, which we've been doing for the last three weeks... Um... <laughs> Let's go there again. Okay. I just co- a quick question because so I, I you're right. I totally am noticing now that I've got iOS nine running on my two main devices that the contact blockers are great in Safari, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're in Twitter or you're in Facebook or in LinkedIn or Slack, Slack's got a new you know built-in web browser as well. You don't get the benefit of well ad asterisk blocking. here. If yeah. if the app that you're using uses Safari View Controller, then uh, you will get the benefit of those ad blockers. But if they are using like a, a, a custom view controller with a UI web yeah. view or a WK web view in it, yeah, you don't get that benefit at all. Oh, so that's what's required. Was, right. was, my question was going to be what is going to be required for those people, but you just answered it. Yeah. So Twitterific, for example, um, does mm-hmm. use a Safari view controller for its mm-hmm. web views, and mm-hmm. it does get the benefit of ad blockers. Ooh. Yeah. So another reason to use Twitterific. <laughs> but then uh, I'm sure Tweetbot, I believe, is... Uh, in the midst of being reviewed uh, on the App Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that one will have a Safari View controller as well. Yeah. The more you know. Did you listen to uh, ATP? I did not. This week. Okay. Um, because in ATP, we talked last week about Peace and how it was withdrawn yeah. from the App Store. Uh, Marco went into uh, some more detail about uh, his decision making, and they spent about an hour talking about it, but never answered my question about why he pulled it from the store, which was, to my mind, really quite disappointing i guess you know to to paraphrase it he said that he just felt bad about it he didn't want to be the guy that was responsible for making an ad blocker so he decided to pull it but he never really explained you know who it was that was giving him the grief that made him want to do that that made him feel bad about um, he was he felt he was doing something 
unclean or yeah, essentially under, underhanded or uh, no, well, <laughs> see, I don't I don't really know. Having listened to him talk about it for an hour, that's the thing. So <laughs> during that hour, he spoke passionately about the need for ad blocking technology. Right? Okay. Um, yeah. You know, as he's blogged over the summer since ad blockers came out, um, he's been a very vocal proponent of ad blocking technology for all the reasons that you know we are in favor of it. Right? Because yeah. um, the publishers have gone too far, the ad networks have gone too far. Uh, they're tracking without our permission. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's like an exchange that uh, we do not participate in that we're forced to do. Um, and they have far too much information about us. And let's face it, they've they've added so much cruft to the web pages that it's made the web itself uh, a, a terrible place to be. And mm-hmm. for all these reasons, you know, and he's he speaks passionately about it, you know, like he's extremely in favor of ad blockers and he's going to continue using them. There's nothing that's going to stop him. However, he personally does not want to be the guy making one. And so he talks about I actually really enjoyed listening to this part of what he was saying because it really uh, echoed with my own heart. You know, he got into making the software and he got so excited about the success he was having in building it that he never stopped to think about whether he ought to build it. And I, I can kind of get that way myself, you know, like I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this, you know, video sharing app and it's so cool. Oh my God, it's working. And it's, you know, it's doing what I want. I'm so excited about it. And, uh, you know, you, you stop thinking about whether anybody's going to give a crap about it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're on this, uh, this line of, of work and it's, it's coming out fine and it's serving your needs, but you know, that's what Marco did. But then, you know, when it came out and then when it was super successful, and this is where he stops giving any detail, um, <laughs> I guess he, he, he found that there was a lot of disapproval out there. And like I said last week, I think a lot of that disapproval came from people that he respects uh, in the news media. Mm-hmm. He never mm-hmm. mentioned that. He, 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 I think, went to great length to not mention so, that. Well, let me ask you a question, and sure. irrespective of him, have you seen any negative reactions from the media about ad blocking? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, because because before you answer that, let me let me just give you a bit of background. Of course, you know, as you know, Aaron, you like to say I've been involved in everything. You really have. Uh, You're I amazing. have. Yeah. <laughs> as you know, I host a number of websites, like something in the neighbor of a hundred or so. You know, a lot of them are ones that I curate and things like that. And, and you know, so I put up. You know, I make I ask people to give me like three hundred by two hundred fifty two fifty ad, and and I put up a link and and I manage that link. And I I used to use some um, ad services like. I forgot link share, link exchange, something like that. And there was one called OpenX, which was a yeah, it's an open source server that I, I use that one. Yeah, well, I used to use it, and I, I stopped using it at one point because it got hacked by some Eastern European baddies, and and they started putting in all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And I felt that since I had, like you were saying last week, Rene said he had no control over what ads go get displayed on his pages. Indeed. I don't buy that because basically I got out of using OpenX because because of the fact that I didn't like the control I had. So so like I say, now we we have our own we curate our own banner, our own ads, we've written our own ad servers and that kind of stuff. And we so we know what's going on, right? And we're not at the we're not at the mercy of somebody else. And yeah, I, so I haven't made any money from ads, but the whole point of of advertising is to promote other products, right? Not to make, yeah, to make money and to pay for your services and that kind of stuff. But you have a choice over how you how you promote what how you ex ex. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you have a choice over how you um, display ads on your on your servers. You you know, and whether you use pop ups and stuff like that, which are it, bar none and annoying, right? To so. me, I think I think what's happened is that these these large sites, right, and um, 
you know, I don't know your sites, Tim, so maybe yeah, you can tell large. me. <laughs> yeah, they're not large. <laughs> I but, mean, some, um, some of them are some of them are going concerns, but they're not, you know, they're not in the numbers of like an iMore or Verge or anything like that. Right? You're not so. relying on the revenue from those sites. No. But, no. you know, iMore and the Verge are, of right? Of course, yes. And, uh, you know, and often in the case of, say, the Verge, for example, they, they are owned by parent companies who who sort of give them their marching orders. You know, this is how you're going to run your site. And the people that work for them are, you know, uh, told what to do, basically. So, um, and, and this is obviously also like a, um, uh, an effect that has occurred in a creeping fashion over years. You know, like they, they started out with, um, you know, one particular ad network and then added another, added another, added another. And then suddenly, you know, three years later, it's a monster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not not what anyone intended. But now they're they're you know, addicted to that revenue, you know, and they have no other model for earning it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things I think that's becoming clear is if ad blocking technology continues to have this profound influence over the revenues of large media websites, they are going to be forced to open their own ad sales departments Mm -hmm. and host their own ads. Right. Like they used to do in the old days. Like they used to do in the old days. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a tried and true method. Um, and they shouldn't have too much trouble. Like, did, was it uh, Jaime or, or you, Tim, that mentioned Lex Friedman last week, who's got his own podcast ad network? Probably me. Yeah, yeah. I think it was yeah. Jaime. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I can't remember what it's called either. It's unfortunate, but um, you know, like that—that's a guy that's sort of uh, put his shingle out and is is sort of serving as an ad sales team to podcasts and there's no reason why a similar business couldn't come about for websites right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you know we'll give you the capability as like if if this is so out of your your experience that you can't manage this we'll give you something like an open x (laughs) but not open x Uh, (laughs) and uh you know we'll we'll sell you we'll sell the positions um and they'll be hosted on your own site you know, so we can do that. You know, like, like this, you don't have to go out of business. You have to stop being a dirtbag. That's that's yeah, the big that's thing. That's the bottom line, and, and I think that's the reason why ad blockers need to exist is because of the dirtbags out there. Absolutely, or and douchebags, as, as Jaime likes to call them. Yeah, or or just plain old d bags. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, still so plenty can, of opportunity out there too. Like looking at the top of the charts right now, at number four on the paid category is Purify at a dollar ninety nine US. Mm-hmm. Um, notably. Crystal has fallen to, 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 to number 47, despite oh, the yes. fact that it is 99 cents or half the price of Purify. And but do you know why, right? Yes, because as far as we know, we, we believe they might have uh, crossed the line in terms of being compromised, right? Like Indeed. Um, it's possible that they might do this uh, acceptable ads with scary air quotes mm-hmm. thing uh, properly. Um, and, and that, that actually is something that Crystal themselves admitted to. That this is a feature that they were going to be doing. Acceptable they're to, ads. They're going to allow certain ads to get through, irrespective of the fact that you want to block whatever. That's right. right? They're going to partner with potential advertisers and yeah, that, that come up me, with this concept. That sounds of, like a, that sounds like you know having your cake and eat it too, right? So, totally. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's very very dirty, and uh, and that got out, man. And I think uh, the the response has been predictable. It has been swift, and. Yeah. Uh, that's why they're at 47 now and purifies it by the top. Well, so Jaime, Jaime posted a link here about an open source um, uh, ad blocker. Yes, it is called uh, Block Party by Krishna oh. Kumar from uh, Toronto. How about that? Ooh. Uh, maybe you've the seen six. him at Taco. <laughs> so no. it's a, uh, I have not tried it myself, but it looks like it's a fairly straightforward, simple implementation of a um, Safari content blocker. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, as I mentioned basic. there, it has the <laughs> blocking rules from uh, Rediff block. So it, it's not the same as like Ghostry, where they have their own like web service that continuously updates this. So sure. Well, but wouldn't this Rediff block be updated like a virus uh, definitions file sort of thing? That's what I gather from reading uh, up on this and looking at the uh, GitHub project. I've seen so many different sites that have come up with this, you know, like a bake-off kind of thing where which one of these does the best and so on and so forth. But I think like a lot of things in the content blocker space, it probably is diminishing returns, you know, to, to get that, you know, that absolute 100% number one priority sort of thing versus having even the most minimal effort will get you 80% of the way there. You know, if you took out, you know, double click, for example, mm-hmm. like you've taken out a huge chunk already. And if yeah, they you update... could list like five ad networks. Well, in. I'm just looking at his JSON file here for, for the list of people he's got in here. It doesn't look like it updates automatically, but I'm sure there's a way to get it to do that, right? Sure. I mean, you can update it. Um, I mean, you could even do like a pull request, right? So yeah. there's, you know, this the to-do list that's right now listed on the homepage, which is, you know, pausing the blocker, modifying, recompiling JSON rules in the app, which yeah. of course would be necessary if you're going to start pulling it down. But I mean, this gives you the, the baseline, right? If you... Sure listeners listening out there wanted to be the number one paid category and you could hypothetically do this why not more power to the people yeah well i mean building an ad blocker application is really trivial right there's not much to it so it really is about the data yeah and you could always open source that you know just like it's done here too right it's it's, would be no different than uh like open street map which is open source data that people collectively try to help and make better I sort of had a, an idea for that myself while I was listening to Marco talk about uh, his ad blocker and the fact that uh, he's he's given all the code uh, to Ghostery, mm-hmm. uh, and so they they may actually uh, repurpose that if they have the capability to do so um, and put it back on the App Store. I think that's possible. That might happen. Um, but he was saying that um, he started uh, when he was building Peace. Uh, he just had one rule, and it just blocked all third-party JavaScript from every website. Wow. Yeah, so it blocked everything, and he found it surprisingly effective. So it kind of, <laughs> this is funny, but uh, I had this thought that I wonder what would it be like, it, or if it's possible, and I think it is, that if you had a content blocker that you shipped in the App Store that had that rule, and only that rule, mm-hmm. okay, and then it came with um, an extension, okay, and if you wanted to uh, make an exception of one site, then you could activate it, and that exception would be posted up to a web server, which every other user of that content blocker could then download and add to their own extensions, right? Mm. And in no time flat, assuming you had a critical mass of people using this app, uh, you would have a very robust ad blocker that had this exception for all of these websites. Just a thought. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Reddit. Reddit. No, write it, write it. Oh, write it. Oh, no, yeah. I got other things to do, man. Make it so. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm working on a new app uh, now. Um, I've got another one, and this one is going to be very ambitious. It might take me about a year to build. Um, Ooh, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't know what the hell I'm doing sometimes. <laughs> Quite a bit. So are you going iOS 9 only on that one, then? iOS 9, macOS 10, latest versions. Yep. Swift. Yay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. As a quick follow-up, um, as of right now, and then this is Wednesday, iOS 9 is at 55% wow. according Incredible. to the next panel. 
I would have never and guessed. iOS 8, 37.84%. Older is down almost a full percentage point to 7, 7.11. How about that? 7.11. Yeah, 7.11, 7.11. Okay. Do they not have those in Canada? Maybe they don't have those. It's yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Big gulps here, too. Well, funny enough, I did have to enable temporarily enable mixed panel again just so i can see <laughs> this actually happen because i'm using ghostery <laughs> yeah yeah good for you that's kind of interesting uh, I, I wonder if that one percent it's actually almost almost two percent right I, the chart i'm looking at it started at september 1st it was 8.9 percent older and now it's 7.1 percent older so it's 1.8 percent i wonder if that's been consistent over time that every year when the new models come out you get roughly two percent of the people who are still holdouts on their old, you know, iPhone fours or whatever. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I, I totally think that's the case because I see, I do, I know a couple of family members who still have four uh, S's and fives and stuff. So you know that they they just they don't see they use the phone as a phone and they text and go on Facebook and that's about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they don't really need three D touch and all that kind of stuff, right? So I'm trying an experiment on this on this uh, mixed panel page. I'm setting the the start date to as far back as I possibly can to see if I can see this step function going down every year oh ios 9.02 came out today and i guess you guys may have updated already but as well el capitan shipped yeah so what do you guys think about that i'm happy for it i mean there's there's no reason not to upgrade i, I see your your rather leading statement here tim <laughs> <laughs> um no uh yosemite was not a steaming pile and uh i know you had some bad experiences with it but that was not a lot a of common experience. bad experience with it well you know get, give me your numbers and we'll talk but uh i don't, well, don't you remember uh, when we first you can go back and look at old upper, older episodes yeah oh no no i definitely we, remember we you remember, complaining about it well, yeah but you were too you also had problems with airdrop and and for the longest time and well yeah that and, was that was discovery d right yeah and then there yeah, was just, right. again that's what i mean like you don't know what's oh, necessarily okay. under the hood until you really dig into it and then there was there was that and there was another issue that i had with with xcode uh, not trusting my devices or forgetting that it trusted the, the devices and yeah but that, and it seemed that's a like one off yeah, but it seemed like you. when we were talking about it, Aaron, it, there were, you know, you had said, I remember you saying specifically that there were everybody, there were a group of groups of people who had similar issues, but they weren't consistent across the board. Yeah. And it turns out like afterwards, we we discovered that it was all Discovery D. Oh, really? Right. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Discovery D, like a crappy DNS server yeah. uh, is responsible for like a broad diversity of of mm. issues with the operating system. And it, it turned my, my home network into a crap fest. Yeah. Um, it, it made AirDrop stop working. Um, gave me like 30 copies of like my, my Mac's name on the network. And, right. um, and it caused all kinds of, of weird behavior. But mm-hmm. um, that, was, that was one thing. And they fixed it. They fixed it midstream, right? So will LCAP be a steaming pile like that? No. No, it's not going to be a steaming pile like that. That's, that's my answer. Well, so I mean... I- does that mean you're going to upgrade today? And, I, I and... upgraded. Uh, oh, you did already. Yeah, I, I've been right. running the GM since it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, what do you? What do you other two guys think? I have not upgraded yet. I'm probably going to do it overnight tonight, just because mm-hmm. I was, you know, busy today. Couldn't mm-hmm. take the time. Mm-hmm. I've heard reports that uh, it takes up less space on your device. In some cases, that is that. Does it do the same app thinning that uh, iOS nine does? You guys know? Mm. I actually don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Tim. What was the question? 
Yeah, I've had I've had some people say today that they once they had once they got it once they finally got it to download and had it installed on their devices, they found that they actually had more space on their device after it finished installing. Oh no, I don't know about that. Um, yeah. It's possible, but uh, I didn't observe that. Uh, one one thing that you know I have noticed though is that um, on my MacBook, uh, it feels faster and uh, it seems to be better on the battery too. Uh, and that's something I've heard from other people as well that uh, it's just uh, it's a more efficient OS in terms of resource usage. So that might well include disk storage as well. Um, well but I it's running great for me. Yep. So that's it. We're all yeah. going to upgrade to El Cap. I'll, you know what? I'm going to let you guys go first. <laughs> that's usually what i do too so i i have not yet upgraded but i probably yeah. will uh later today or perhaps tomorrow i always like yeah. to see you know all the different forums like the dev forums and ours technica yeah. the verge these so. big sites see what sorts of things with all those millions of people what do they run into in terms of issues yeah um yeah. as well i mean we we see this every time that there's new software coming out from apple everybody and their brother rushes to try to get it and it's like oh no it's not working for me it's like yeah obviously it's not because everybody and their brother is is trying to download you know destroying the internet by (laughs) (laughs) trying to get all these bits yeah so much screw their cap right Mm -hmm. well the the ratings on the app store for capitan are are amazingly good yeah uh so there's a total of in the u.s at least there's a total of 1227 ratings Mm -hmm. of which 1099 are five stars 67 are four stars 16 are three stars, seven are two stars, and 38 are one stars. Wow. So I don't think I've ever seen ratings for a new version that Yeah, good. those are great numbers, yeah. 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 Hmm. Wow. It's, it's like, and for me, it's been working really well. Um, some of the things I like um, that I've noticed, at least, the new mission control is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been obviously uh, experimenting with the, the new split-screen modes that allow you to have two windows side-by-side on the same full screen view mm-hmm. um, with Magpie. It's really sweet. And uh, as apps add support for their full screen modes, uh, it's really nice, uh, especially when you're dealing with larger apps uh, like Safari, for example, like does not necessarily belong in a full, full screen, right? But as say a two thirds screen, it, it works really well with say, um, you know, I can, I'm hoping for a Twitter, um, like, like Tweetbot, for example, for the Mac, which was renewed recently, um, does not work in a full screen mode, but I'm hoping that support's coming. Um, in the sidebar view, you know, the um, notification center, mm-hmm. uh, you can now add your uh, Find My Friends in there. So you can swipe out the right side of your trackpad and you can see the Find My Friends, which is pretty cool. And the new Notes app is really freaking amazing. Um, I use Notes all the time. And uh, it's got a lot of great new features, but you have to migrate to iCloud yeah. for that. Uh, but it works very well. But uh, oh, is that's different than Cloud Drive or whatever it is we have now. What do we have now? Because I, I, cause well, I, your your notes is currently working on an IMAP just disk, right? So oh, IMAP. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you when you step up to LCAP um, and iOS nine, uh, you will be invited to migrate to iCloud. Yes. yes. For that. Um, and once you do on one device, then, you know, you should do it on all your devices. Well, so that's where my question was going, because I saw that invite come on my, on my, I'm a big notes user myself, but I saw that come on my uh, phone, but I, yeah. I'm still on uh, Yosemite on my, yeah, I'm using iCloud Drive on Yosemite. So that has to, I have to migrate that as well, or, so I might as well upgrade to LCAP on my Mac as well, if I'm going to go that way, right? Is that's that right. Saying? You ha- you have to upgrade to LCAP in order to use uh, your notes with uh, iCloud. Across the board, yeah. Across the board. 
Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, I think everything's worked pretty well. You know, one thing that stopped working for me, actually, were my... I had some cron jobs. Yeah. I've got, like, a, a couple of scripts that I have run every morning during the week. One of them yeah. pulls my uh, my crossword puzzle from a website that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, in the morning, a PDF of today's crossword appears in a folder on my computer. Another script, and that one keeps working. That hasn't been a problem. But another script um, runs a Ruby on Rails application server that I have on my Mac uh, yeah. to send me an email. And that stopped working <laughs> once mm-hmm. I upgraded to LCAP. Well, let me um, ask, do you ask, do you do your crons by command line? or? Yeah, that's what I had been doing. Um, but uh, with, there's, with... There's an app I used to use called Cronix. I don't know if it's still around. Uh, maybe, but uh, that that's not the problem. Um, I know cron. And I know, yeah, I know how I know. to use the command line. But yeah. something changed in LCAP, and I have no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to switch over to LaunchD, which is okay. the, the yeah. blessed way of doing uh, system tasks yes. on the Mac. And mm-hmm. has been for a few years now. Um, so I, I migrated those jobs to LaunchD tasks, and, uh, and now we're fine again. All good, yeah. Yeah, and I noticed uh, SuperDuper, which is uh, Dave Nanian's most excellent disk uh, duplicating utility. Right. Um, if you're upgrading to LCAP, make sure you get the update from him. Mm-hmm. Um, it also uses LaunchD now. It used to use Cron to uh, do its schedule tasks. So, like, oh, I have yeah. I have uh, SuperDuper run at, at uh, 12:30 every day um, when I go to the second cup on my desktop <laughs> Mac. Right. Take yeah. my MacBook, I go to the cup, and then my iMac then at that point runs the backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an assassin, by the way, it's really easy yeah. to knock me off because yeah, I'm just, just pretty pretty regular. <laughs> so, um, but that switched to a launch D task from a cron task. I noticed. Um, mm. So Dave Nanian knows something that I didn't know. Hey, he he knows a lot that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I've, uh, I've always used um, Carbon Copy Cloner instead of Super Duper. But, see, uh, I've always been a Super Duper fan, and uh, I know Carbon Copy Cloner has improved a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've always been a huge fan of Super Duper. Yeah, I've paid for it. Used to be Donationware, and I used to donate right. to them all the time. But uh, yeah, now it's uh, now, now it's fully commercial. Yeah, so it's you know maybe it's time to switch to Super Duper. Who oh. knows? Well, they work, right? That's the thing. Like they both work. So you know, if you're happy yeah. with with uh, CCC, then keep it up. No, no yeah. reason not to use it. But yeah. uh, if if for God's sakes, if you're not using something, right? Yeah. That then you've got a problem. Yeah, stop okay, listening if to this you're, podcast yeah, stop right listening now. If you're this not podcast, backing up your data, stop listening. Get the hell out of your house right now. Go to your electronics <laughs> store, buy a two-terabyte hard drive, come back, plug it into your Mac, leave it plugged in, and get super duper. And then start duplicating, for God's sakes. What's the, yeah. get, just stop right now and shake your head. Just shake it. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Crazy people. <sighs> Crazy. Crazy. Insane. People. I don't even know what they're thinking. Oh, I know. So, so what's the advantage of using to... Super Duper over something just like Time Machine, for example? Oh, okay. Well, I can answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am using Time Machine as well. I've got another drive that's um, mm-hmm. that's running Time Machine backups, and uh, Time Machine is great for recovering work that you have lost. So, uh, because it does snapshots every hour, right? So then, if uh, you're working on a file and uh, you've lost it, for example, Time Machine is great for picking out an individual file from the mm-hmm. oper- from the file system somewhere that um, that is either gone or has changed in a way that you can't get back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually use Time Machine that often, but just having that there is such a comfort to me. Um, it's gotten however, a lot better in Yosemite. It used to be real dog when it came to restoring files before. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. I've I've used it quite a bit and I've I've always been pleased with it. It's um, you know, because it's just it's it's reliable and it's just using the drive that's plugged in there and finding the files because you can go to any directory in the in the finder and activate Time Machine from there and you're brought to a view where you can actually look at that directory um, as far back as Time Machine has snapshots. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a wonderful service, but it's not for a catastrophic failure of your hard drive. Um, When that occurs, or if that occurs, but yeah, actually when that occurs, uh, a time machine can't be something that you plug in and get up again. So uh, if that happens, then what you have to do is go to the store, buy a replacement hard drive, (laughs) and then come back, plug it into your Mac, get a new operating system running on that new drive, and then do a migration from the time machine to Which these. Takes fourteen hours. Oh yeah, it takes yeah your your day's gone basically. Yeah. Um, but with a super duper backup or a carbon copy cloner backup, um, that disk is bootable and you can you can be up and running within the minute. Yeah. So, so what I so what I do like for, as an example with with carbon copy cloner and you can do this with super duper too is before I update to El Capitan I will clone my my Yosemite drive so it's a so I could boot from that drive. And as far as my, I'm concerned, it's the same computer, right? Like it looks yeah. the same, everything's yeah. in the same place, and and it has all the Mac kernel stuff that we that you need to boot your device. And so you know, if if all hell breaks loose and I hate El Capitan, I can go back to Yosemite by just recloning the drive back. You know, that's exactly as a, as a backup plan for doing an upgrade. You know, yep, that's right. So that's the way to go. Um, so that's why I've got those two. And uh, as a third layer of redundancy, I'm on Crash Plan. Yeah, me too. And uh, so um, I've got a constant uh, task running in the background of just making sure the crash plan is kept up to date with my my boot disk. Now, do um, you keep you do crash plan in your house, or do you go to an off-site storage somewhere? No, it's it's the actual crash plan service. I'm paying fifteen dollars okay. a month for it for the unlimited family plan. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I get I think up to five computers that I can yeah. back up to with an unlimited amount of data. Yeah. Well, I work with a with a Canadian reseller. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah, background backup. And they're actually in the Diefenbunker in Ottawa, Ottawa. which is yeah. which is what was designed for the parliament to go running down if there was a nuclear war. So at least my backups are safe. And I don't have to worry about Sarah Palin getting elected president and closing the border. Oh, come on. You don't have to worry about Sarah Palin getting elected either. <laughs> <laughs> you have to worry about Donald Trump getting elected. Yeah, I, that's I don't true. believe. I'm that's not worried true. about that either. That's so, do any of you guys, so while we're on the topics of backups and storage and things, do any of you guys use a RAID? Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. do. I have my, I have downstairs on my on my mini server. I have a a Drobo, which is a sort of a um, oh yeah, I've got pseudo a Drobo. RAID. Yeah, yeah, I've got a Drobo. It's a, it's a RAID. It's sort of beyond what they call beyond RAID, but yeah, it's it's redundant drives, and uh, I keep my keep look all my archival stuff down there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's what I like about Drobo is if one drive fails, you can just pop a new drive in, and you yep. can always expand it by putting a larger drive in. But I've always used RAID technologies on my servers, right? So, but for right, your yeah. development machines, you don't. No, I just have my little MacBook one one yeah. drive, but I do have like I have on the shelf over there. I've got I've listened to Aaron a while ago, and I, no, I didn't listen to Aaron, but I've got a one terabyte drive. And in fact, I moved my my iTunes backup to for my phones to the to an external drive too because of the amount of space the backups were taking. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no. Uh, it, whenever I can, I use RAID. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've got you, a Drobo uh, connected to my TV Mac, and that mm-hmm. one is also backed up to CrashPlan. Right, right, yeah, and, and the nice thing about CrashPlan too is you don't you don't back up things that you like. It, it's not CrashPlan isn't meant to be a complete backup either. It's meant to be like your home directory stuff. Or in my case, I use my development directory for my server, my web web stuff, my my SQL databases, as well as my home folder. I don't back up 
music and uh, you know zip files and DMGs because because I'm paying for data going out of my house, right? And and that's stuff I don't necessarily need to get back, but because I've got other other points of uh, backup. But it's so it's it's not like you can't boot from a crash plan backup. At least the data is there, like your working files, you know, your email, whatever archival stuff you have out there. It's like. Um, but I also use, I also have a crash plan instance downstairs. So my Drobo is also crash plan for all of my devices. So if I want to restore a file from crash plan, I just log on, I open up crash plan and say, restore it from the server in the basement as opposed to the server in Ottawa. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that's, uh, you know, inside your house. And if something happens to your house, the yeah, great thing about being in Ottawa is it's exactly redundant, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, despite so, that, I have, I have little dreams about one day getting a Synology, which is a, um, you know, like a, a, a network access storage, a NAS server, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, network attached storage. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. um, those babies are kind of pricey, but they come with a lot of great features. You know, like you can plug a bunch of drives into them, similar to a Drobo, but uh, it's also got, a, it's basically a Linux computer. Mm-hmm. So you can run a lot of software on top of it, and it can act as like a time machine destination. Um, it can act as um, arbitrary storage for any computer on the network, um, mm. and it's uh, you know pretty fast. Um, and so it can be like one location that can serve like all the machines that are at my home. Yeah, um, yeah. You can partition so, it, so you can have multiple exactly yeah, you can have multiple copies of each machine or whatever you want to do. Or, yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, if it's yeah. network attached, you don't even have to have all that music on your computer. You just wherever you are in the world, you just connect to that. As long as you have a network connection, you just connect to your 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 NAS box and you're you're good. Exactly right. You know, and that's sort of the thing I, I like the thought of. Um, because right now, like I've got uh, my computer, my iMac uh, in my office has a two terabyte drive attached to it, uh, which is partitioned into like a time machine and um, external storage for iTunes and iPhoto or sorry, photos now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife has a similar setup too, because, you know, we've got computers that have very, you know, relatively little onboard storage, right? So being able to uh, outboard those really um, high gigabyte volume files mm-hmm. uh, is great, but you have to be attached to these damn things to use them, right? If you've got a Synology in your basement, that's just basically broadcasting your high volume files over the network, then that's very interesting. Yeah, as long as but they are hacked. kind of pricey. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah. I, I don't know how worried I am about that, but uh, you know, I guess it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I posted this this piece about uh, iFixit getting pulled from the App Store for for taking apart their Apple TV developer kit and publishing it, I guess, to the to the web or whatever, um, or writing about it. And so, the, but the question that I want to raise is. Um, the sort of loose way that Apple is dealing with NDAs these days, I'm not, I'm never really sure anymore what we're allowed to talk about, what we're not allowed to talk about. You know, obviously, I, I mean, like the betas have been coming public now. And do you guys have any thoughts on that or any knowledge on that? On the NDAs? Well, yeah, like uh, there's there's no NDA on operating systems right now. So iOS 9 and OS 10, because they're, you know, you can test this yourself by going to developer.apple.com and yeah. you have access to all the stuff, you know, like you've access to the WWC videos, yeah. uh, to the documentation. So without even is, logging in, you mean? Yeah, right? without logging in. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, for the Apple TV, uh, they were very clear. Um, yeah. You know, even I was aware of this and I didn't even get one, but they mm-hmm. stated it right up front when you entered the lottery for the Apple TV mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you are not going to be able to talk about this thing at all. Mm. Um, 
And I think, you know, uh, I haven't actually gone out looking for information about it, about the Apple TV. Uh, But, you know, like, it hasn't been put in front of me either, let me put it that way. Um, You know, I'm not seeing a lot of talk about it on Twitter, for example. All the developers that got an Apple TV, including yourself, Tim, um, haven't been blabbing about it, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I think suggests that Apple's message got through to everyone except for iFixit. I don't know. (laughs) but uh, they uh, they got their asses handed to them today yeah. by Apple. Like their their app was pulled from the store, the developer account was closed, and yeah. they are out of business um, when as it comes to the App yeah. Store as developers yeah. on the App Store. Yeah. Whoops! Uh, when Gruber posted about it tonight, he he made a funny analogy to the uh, the crocodile and the scorpion. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know that story? The, uh, the no. parable yeah. of the crocodile yeah. and the scorpion, yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know a, the a fox scorpion and grapes, and then yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know it. And... Yeah, I so you can't help it. I'm a scorpion, right? You know, and that's that's oh. just what I, I fix. It is, you know, they can't help being what they are. Uh, if they, you know, Apple really should have looked at the list. You know, they didn't see Aaron Vay on the list. They should have put me on the list. They didn't see I fix it um, on the list of people getting one, and they right. didn't keep it away from them because they should have known what they would done have done with it. So what's the story of the the, the crocodile and the scorpion? scorpion. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard. Oh, you you don't know. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying. I love Aesop's fables. Come on. Hit me. Okay. (laughs) A scorpion comes to a river and uh, wants to get across. He sees a crocodile and he says, crocodile, you know, um, let me ride on your back and Mm -hmm. uh, take me across the river. And the crocodile says, you know, that's crazy. Of course, you're a scorpion. You're going to, you're going to sting me and I'm going to die. He says, no, I promise. I'm not going to do that. And he says, okay, fine. So they go across the river and just... And, and like the scorpion just, even says, you know, how, how can I sting you? Because I'll die too. So you know I won't right, sting you. Right. right. Okay. okay. So uh, as, as they're halfway across the river, the scorpion stings the crocodile and they, <laughs> the crocodile's dying. And he says, dude, why did you sting me? Yeah. And, you know, the scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. I can't help being what I am. And they both die. Oh. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I fix it as the scorpion in this tale. <laughs> yeah. I love the, um, uh, the 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 quote there. You know, unfortunately, blah blah blah, no longer available. Apple sent us a developer's unit of the Apple TV, and we tore it down, which technically violated their terms and conditions. So they closed it. It's like no, 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 not technically, not technically. right? Don't make us like, oh well, I didn't dot an I, I didn't cross a T. <laughs> like you straight up violated like one of the principal tenets of their conditions right they were pretty clear about that you could have torn it down whatever i don't think apple's gonna be mad if you tear it down publishing that on the web was going to be problematic right that Mm -hmm. was like the first layer of okay you you screwed up and then the including a review you could have said oh look we tore it down here's the pieces that we found it could have been very factual non-review in terms of like oh eight out of ten is their repairability review right so like they they knew what they were doing and i'm kind of glad that apple smacked them over the head right just like you know, Apple should keep uh, any Gizmodo names off of the list as well. Yeah. Does Gizmodo still exist? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, just checking. Yeah, part of that whole uh, Gawker empire. Fun times, man. <laughs> but I feel bad for iFixit. I have a lot of respect for that company. Uh, but they, um, you know, clearly uh, didn't do the right thing there. They they had to know that there would be a fallout for this. Well, yeah, they've been ripping apart equipment for years, right? So, of course, you know, but yeah. this this one came with very definite strings. You know, if, if, if I might fix it, then uh, I think the thing that you should do is wait until November when mm-hmm. the Apple TV actually comes out. And mm-hmm. on that day, you've already got this thing ready to go and you're no worse for it, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think without giving too much away, I can tell you that it's definitely a developer kit. It's not like it's not ready for. Oh, prime I did time. wonder about yeah. that. It is there. There are differences, aren't there? L- let yeah, me let me ask you this yeah. question. Sure. Um, is it I can like yes mis- or no? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's all I'm after, actually, because okay. um, if if you if you got one of these things, yeah. would you still buy a retail unit? Yes. Yeah, so that's that suggests to me that uh, that there is some very limited aspects to this. Oh yeah, kit. it's like it's 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 basically it's very it's it's stripped down. Let's put it that way. Okay. Right on. I mean, the OS has the OS is a fully functioning OS. And yes, you can put apps on your on your uh, device and see them on the screen and stuff like that. But you know, and and like I said, there last week there are some sample codes that Apple's provided in the developer library for people to download and play with. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, as we surmised before we saw the devices, it's very similar to how we surmised it was, you know, it's basically a developer kit. You know, it might as well not be black. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that actually makes me feel better. <laughs> it is shiny. It has an Apple on it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder, if, they were I wonder gonna... if iFixit actually uh, won a lottery version of it, or did they buy one from someone who won the lottery? Oh, no, they, 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 I think they, they said in their in the statement. If you look at the, I, I clicked on what they put, they posted mm-hmm. uh, into the notes. Um, it sounds to me like oh, yeah, they, it does say they, you're right. Apple sent us a developer's unit of the Apple TV. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we and I think I'm not sure if Aaron was on the show, but Greg, Greg was, and and um, you know, he talked about people getting boxes or G5s. I think that had the Intel chip in them for when during that process, and they were like relatively cheap. And then people decided to keep them, and then Apple charged them twenty five hundred dollars for keeping them. Yeah, yeah. So. I seem to remember that people paid for those uh, Intel developer computers. I don't think they paid very much till that's the thing. Like right? I, I was thinking twelve hundred dollars for some reason. Yeah. Now you're gonna send me to Google. Damn you, Tim. I don't want to go to Google. That's what the host job is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got to pull the answers out of you guys. Do we want to talk about the t-shirts from Amazon? I don't think so. Yeah, um, this one is uh, merch by Amazon. Merch like as in merchandise. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, it's not just for game developers. Um, it's a way to sell on-demand uh, print, mm-hmm. you know, like t-shirts. So they're going after the Teespring market, are they? Uh, yes and no. It, it wouldn't ordinarily press. be worth mentioning um, because, you know, there's a billion of these different things, right? Like custom ink yeah. and so forth to do the, yeah. oh, make a t-shirt of my game logo and so forth, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The interesting twist on this one is that you can have these things promoted through Amazon's ad networks within your games. So we mentioned before, like the whole oh, you know, Amazon ad network that you can add and, and get paid per, you know, per hour or something like that for, mm-hmm. for users playing that. Now you actually have this opportunity to have this cross promotion with physical goods, not just, Oh, go download the latest version of game of war or angry birds or something. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you like my game. Great. Support me by buying my t-shirt. Awesome. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, right? It takes a lot of pieces that Amazon has, right? It's ability to do merchandise in the physical world. It's ability to have games and the advertisements and link all of these things together. Yeah, good idea. Why not? It's just another step for Amazon. Amazon goal, Amazon. Mm -hmm. Real-time feedback. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Apple press release from uh, June of 2005. Okay. After WWC 2005, uh, they're announcing their Intel Developer Transition Kit, which they offered uh, on their website for $999 to all ADC Select and Premier members. So there was a real cost attached to it. FYI. Mm Friend of the show, I think she's a friend of the show. Um, I think she goes by the handle Nerd Girl on 
Twitter, um, his making a Swift t-shirt, which looks kind of cool. I don't know if you saw the orange one that I had um, a couple of weeks ago. That rings a bell. When I was teaching. Um, I got it through, I saw a Teespring account thing go by. Anyway, she's currently running a program on, on um, Teespring, and I'm just looking for the link here. But um, on, and she's basically got another another orange shirt with a white um, Swift logo on it that says, you know, write the code, change the world at the bottom. If people are interested in, in getting a Swift t-shirt, it looks pretty cool. And I'll put a link up in the uh, show notes for that. I'd like to see a t-shirt. I saw that one. And um, the, the the logo takes up your entire chest area. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, I'd like to see something a little more subtle. Little, oh, okay. Yeah, and less you know, like orange, the maybe? Apple t-shirts? <laughs> no, no, no. The orange is fine. It's the size yeah. of the Swift logo. Um, yeah. You know how Apple does their t-shirts and they've just got the, the single rather small logo right in the middle of your chest or in the back yeah yeah yeah. or in the back sometimes yeah. you know but you know how they do that right yeah um that's the sort of thing i'm thinking of mm. that'd be nice mm. if someone did or maybe like a that. small a little, little like lacoste logo kind of in the Ooh, like breast embroidered? pocket area yeah yeah oh, embroidered nice. here it is nerd girl 19 is who i'm looking for sure. hit us in the um in the chat here give me give me a link give me sure. oh shit. i'll grab your hands down. Give me that link. I want the link. Hang, Come on. Hang, link hang. me up. Slow down. Dying here. This one's a black one, so but she's probably got more there. I think I'll go into Teespring. Make my yeah, own. Well, at least, at least you can you can find her. Yeah, I mean that's the other option is just go and make one. But anyway, the idea behind yeah, these too big. is too big. What's too big? Sorry, nerd girl, but your 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 Swift is too big. <laughs> I can't handle your Swift being that big. Yeah, surprising that there's not as many, you know, innovative t shirts out there regarding swift uh they they almost all have the huge swift logo in fact the yeah, only innovation yeah. i've seen whatsoever is uh in ladies fashion where both uh natasha the robot and uh ayaka nanaka have had uh God, I love like that swift um what are they like skirts i don't know it's like a full dress that mm. has uh it's like a navy blue but it's got little swift white uh, bird logos on it so from a distance, it kind of just looks like a normal, you know, you, know you, you look like a normal functional human being. Like a polka dot dress kind of thing? Yeah, it, kind of like that kind of pattern. Huh. But so you get classy. up close, it's like, oh, it's actually a Swift logo. It's like, oh, that's yeah. neat. I like the t-shirt that Vicky Wonderlich designed for the RWDevCon last year, which says, eat, drink, Swift. Mm. It's got a hamburger, a, bu- a mug of beer, and a Swift logo. Oh, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. But they're mm. hard to come by. All right, so let's wrap it up like we usually do and go around the table and see if anybody has any picks, and we'll stop at Aaron. Aaron, do you have a pick? I do. This is a a little app that's been around for some time now, actually. It's called Lingon, Mm -hmm. and what it does is, uh, referring right back to earlier in the show, talking about uh, going in LCAP and uh, having to create tasks for LaunchD, Mm-hmm. Uh, because my launch D foo is is weak to non-existent, but my cron D foo is pretty good. But I can't use that talent anymore on the Mac, at least. Mm. So Lingon is a, a GUI tool that allows you to create launch D tasks. Where and has so this you been? Can, this app? I don't Holy know. It's been, I think it's been look, looking at the site. It looks like it's been around for a long time. Um, <laughs> um, it's it's old school, baby. This is like a classic old school, you know, shareware type of uh, indie developer kind of guy. Cool. I think yeah. Peter Borg, and so uh, he's got a few apps. Uh, Smalltron is probably his most famous one. I think uh, um, I a text editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lingon is um, uh, Lingon is his. And, uh, you know, it's just a very simple tool, right? Like, all it does is create these plist files that get dropped into the appropriate place on your system to run these tasks. Um, And it it does exactly what it says on the tin. It works great. 
$10 on the Mac App Store, but I recommend you actually buy it from the website. Link yes. in the show notes. Um, actually, because of the functionality. Um, as you know, uh, Mac App Store apps are sandboxed. Yeah. And so um, you have to like do some hoop jumping in order to get the thing to work uh, if you want to run a task that uh, is run at the system level. So if you get the one from his website, then it doesn't have those limitations. That would be getting on X2. That's what's uh, on three. Yes. Bottom of the page, yeah. Uh, so that's the one I have. And uh, it works great. does exactly what it says. And um, save my bacon. Got me to got my crosswords back. Got my um, my uh, my daily email from my application server back. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Um, cool. Laying on. So check it out. So, Jaime, do you have a pick? I do. Um, it's a game called Shooty Skies. It is... Uh, <laughs> Is actually technically not from it's it's not, so the name is a play on Crossy Road. It's it's not actually by Hipster Whale, but it does have no, a couple of not. developers from Hipster Whale as well as a couple of other Australian developers who've come together to create this voxel style cutesy game called Shooty Skies. It's a endless arcade flyer, very similar to the game 1942. If you ever played that in the arcades, or it's very similar to Geese Squad too. Never mind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I, I would give 1942 a lot of credit for that kind of game, though, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. was a, a very awesome classic game from the 1980s. Um, it was a movie, actually, originally, wasn't it? Or Dude, John Belushi. Never mind, go ahead. Right. And in any case, it's it's kind of what you would imagine if you took the art style um, and monetization and mechanics from Crossy Road and translated them into a, you know, you're flying a airplane Sure. And you're shooting at enemies, and you fight bosses, and you have the bullet hell things where everything is exploding and flying around you. And it's actually a lot of fun. Um, it's actually also fairly generous with its uh, its freebie scheme. I think it's far more generous than Crossy Road was, uh, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't well, know if Crossy that's a change. Road is very generous. It is, uh, and, and this is even more so. So I'm not sure if that's um, like a change in business practice or if they're tuning the game differently somehow. Hmm. It's fun. Hmm. It's worth checking out, and um, it's got a lot of personality, as you would expect. You know, all the different characters radically change the game and how it works. Um, hmm. For example, I've gotten two different characters for free. One of which is the basically the easy mode. It's an alien called Graph, which turns everything into black and white, except for you know the bullets and the enemies, which is great because it helps you know to not get distracted by everything going on in the background below. Mm-hmm. And then there's what's essentially a hard mode, which is selfie cat, which takes selfies of himself every once in a while while you're flying. So it just like, it blocks part of the screen. You can't see that corner and you see a little picture of himself while he's flying. It's nice. It's amusing. That's worth checking out. And I mean, part of the reason to to bring it up even here beyond just the, Oh, look, it's fun. It's, it's a nice little time waster for folks is like, this is, you know, yet another important lesson about like, if you can get this IP or you can get this technology that works out pretty well for you in one area, you can find other ways to put it together and continue to be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. Hipster well with, with uh, crossy road. Um, we of course saw the, um, the Pac-Man, Pac-Man 256 piece and now shooty skies. I mean, these, these folks were just raking in buku bucks. Very interesting. Typical Jaime pick. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I like games a lot. Mark, do you have a pick? I have a typical Mark pick. Okay. Which is no pick. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to come off with some really cool technology that no. Apple discovered, you know, new audio streaming format technology that we've all forgotten about. 
Uh, no, not this time. No. But well, maybe right. one thing. So, Mark, you came to mind when the news article, and we didn't talk about this, but the news article came out about the um, the new chips being done by both Samsung and TSMC. Mm. Yeah. Any yeah. like any thoughts on that? This is this is very interesting, actually, to me, uh, because one of the most difficult things to do is have the same functional chip in two different technologies, uh, 16 nanometer and 14 nanometer. Uh, and the fact that they're doing that is, is, is actually quite interesting. The reason that the reason it's hard is because these things are so sensitive. You think two nanometers, is not a big deal, but, but they're so sensitive to tiny little layout changes and, and the way that the, the metal lines are routed over the, the transistors and all that. And, and these things have like you know ten or twelve layers of, of of metal interconnects, and and just to be able to get the timing right is is, is pretty amazing to me. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. Um, you know maybe that the the tools have gotten a lot better. So I've been involved in this for a few years, so uh, maybe maybe it's just that the tools have gotten better, but still pretty impressive to me. Mm. Cool. And and do you yeah. suspect that there would be any noticeable difference? from a user perspective or from a developer perspective? Like, does this have any impact whatsoever? Um, well, in theory, no, it should not have any impact whatsoever because, because these things being, you know, kind of general purpose chips, right? A microprocessor is a kind of a general purpose thing that just has to run other code. Uh, the underlying code has, has to be pretty stable and pretty constant, uh, in order for it to work at all, you know, with the running the same software. So I wouldn't expect any major differences. There may be tiny performance differences. Uh, the 14 nanometer one ought to be faster than the 16 nanometer one, just in general, because the smaller the transistors are, the, the faster things go in general. But they might have, you know, tuned it down to, to make it uh, comparable, just to mm. prevent all these things from happening. Mm. So... Yeah, so I think probably the answer is no. I wouldn't expect anything major. Right. Well, my pick is sort of a it's a link that I was uh, shown today uh, by a fellow uh, podcaster, and it is a comparison between uh, the various models of iPhones. Um, photographer name. Snap, 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 snap. That's a great Lisa Bentney, co-founder yeah. of Camera Plus and Magic Cam. Yeah, and Camera Plus is an app you can you can get for your to improve your camera experience on your device. But she's taken the time over the years uh, to compare what. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm at the page and I'm looking at the gummy bears on the phones in the stack. It's, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> okay, but anyway, she, what she's done, and if you look at the so there's comparison. She's taken similar shots of with the the one nine cameras, right, and nine nine devices. Um, yeah, oh she's got all nine in there. And she's uh, taken the same shot, which she must have a tripod or something she puts them into. And then um, and if you click on each one of them, Aaron, it'll open up. It'll yeah, no, I'm accordion. looking at this. This is fantastic. So, uh, so she's got everything from the original iPhone to the iPhone 6S. And it's amazing the quality of photography. Even, even between the iPhone 6 and 6S, there's, there's a noticeable difference. In terms of, you know, she's done low light shoots. She's done um, backlits with, you know, uh, something in the foreground with a, with a backlit background. Uh, she's done macros. She's done detail shots where you zoom in on things. She's done early morning sunrises, different kinds of shots. And it's amazing, like, to see them side by side, the comparison of the various cameras and how they've improved over the 
over the years. And some of it's through, you know, optical stability technologies and some of it's through better, you know, better quality cameras. The iPhone always gets knocked for not being the greatest digital camera out there on a on a mobile device, but Seriously? It makes it makes phone calls too, remember folks, right? So oh my so, so to address what you just said, Tim, and and, yeah. and and Aaron's disbelief, I think Tim is correct in that I would say it gets unfairly knocked for yeah. not being the absolute best in all possible cases. Uh, even yeah. though in general it probably is top three. My understanding but, is that like the, the 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 specs of the of the phone camera are not the best out there. They never have right. been, mm-hmm. but the quality of the shots that you get out of them are the best. That's my understanding. I you would you you take that argument to a, an Android group? <laughs> like Samsung? why would I talk to them? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, true. but like I've seen Andy Anako, for example, for yeah. uh, many years, used yes. to do comparisons, and he'd get Android phones and iPhones, and he'd go around taking pictures and show them, compare yeah. them. Yeah. And the iPhone consistently took better shots. I don't know if that's still the case, though. Like, uh, it's it's probably been a couple of years since I've seen him do that. Yeah. There is a difference, like a notable difference between the six and the six S. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it is it is absolutely a better camera. A lot sharper. But holy picture. crap, look how lousy the original iPhone was. What a farce. <laughs> that thing is a farce. Well, hey, I remember the Quick Take camera, which was one of the very first digital cameras on the market. Yeah, and it was right. a steaming pile of... Ugh. Yeah, the 3G. Where does it actually get good? Is it the 4? I think it's the 4 where it actually becomes not absolutely yeah, gobsmackingly yeah, bad. Doesn't, yeah, where it doesn't look like a digital photo, yeah. Uh, and the 4S is actually a huge improvement. Wow, this is great. I mean, what a resource. Yeah, it's cool, right? Uh, it really is. Uh, and I can see her continuing this. Oh, it looks like she has. She's been doing it's, this since the 4S came out. Sure, yeah. Fascinating. What a great resource. Cool. Yeah, so that's snap, snap, snap dot photos. Lisa Bettany. Um, okay. Real-time feedback. Uh, Jaime? Yes. Shooty Skies. Oh, my God. That is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just played around uh, a few rounds actually, and I've got the hang of it now. And uh, this is a wow! That's so much fun. <laughs> it's funny in terms of in terms of real time feedback. I don't know when Jaime heard about it, but I just heard about that maybe about two hours ago. That that uh, that game. So yeah, it I, just I heard came about out it when to, it came out. I think it came out today, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Double check the, uh, the oh, iTunes I page. Than that. I spoke shooty. Shooty. S H O O T Y. That's what I thought. <laughs> I type shooty skies into. There's a link in the app store. Show notes. Oh, there it is. Okay, I found it. Yeah, released. Uh, oh, I guess it was released yesterday, but it's been talked about for a couple days now. Uh, prior mm. to that, so that's kind of how I knew it was coming. Fun game. It actually does have. Like I thought it would have the same mechanic as uh, Crossy Road, like with the swipe, swipe to move, but uh, it's just finger on and move it back and forth and there, and you're shooting the whole time. It's fun. Right, and you can power up by not yeah, not touching by not the shooting. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's actually uh, it's really nice. Give it a shot. Good cool. lord, what's wrong with you people? It's free, and then go out and get a backup drive and get super duper. What's the matter with you? Yeah, yeah. I don't even yeah. know what to say to you anymore. <sighs> oh, well. All right, so <laughs> that's it for the week, and we'll say goodbye once again. So, uh, Aaron, if people were looking for you on the interwebs, where would they go? Go to Twitter at Aaron Bay or go to magpievideo.com and find out about this silly little app I made. Which I posted a picture of it new, that now supports multitasking. Yes, it does. On the iPad Air 2. OS ten version is coming at some point. It's been in review for a week now. Cool. And cool. that's uh, compatible with oh, LCAP. Hey, speaking of, of uh, we had a, one of our apps rejected, which has been on the store for three years now. 
because no. the first shot in the in the onboarding screen shows a generic phone, like a generic, like a, a, an artist rendering of a mobile phone, a mobile device. Yeah, Apple rejected it because it, it to them it it promoted another platform. Oh my good lord! Yeah, three... I thought you weren't supposed to use an iPhone. No, you can use iPhones now. That's that's been lifted. That's that's in the in the screenshots. But this was this was actually in the on one of the onboarding stock art photography photos on the on the app. That's been there for three years. Like you couldn't possibly have reviewed our app without seeing that image. Oh my gosh! Right. I know, well, right? so so I had responded to you. I, I think yeah. that one. I I'll caveat this by saying like I think it's it's first of all I'm not the art pretty, director or the creative director. Yeah, it's it's pretty heavy-handed that they would stop and say, oh, you're supporting another platform. It's like, what do you mean? This is just like yeah. supposed to be the concept of a phone, yes. right? Yeah. And what I can see that they're saying is there are two little discs to the left and right of what would be sure. the home button on Which the iPhone. Which you need a retina, retina screen to see, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And then I think they might have, they may not have been able to see the high quality <laughs> before, and now they can. Like, hey, what's that? But I, this, I, app, this app isn't available for any other platform, right? No, and, and it's been featured as an iOS-only app for many years, like featured by Apple for that. Yeah, so why don't you go to the Resolution Center and list all those things, see what happens. Oh, I don't know. You, you know what? The, the, the client just basically went and just ripped, the, ripped the phone right out of the picture. Yeah, yeah, right. so, okay. yeah. so you have to guess that it's a mobile device now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor, for Christ's sake. Anyway, yeah, Crazy. there you go. There you go. Um, so, Jaime, where can people find you on the interwebs? <laughs> on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. And Mark? Mark R at Smapsoft.com. And once again, my name is Tim Mitra. T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And that's it. We'll see you again for episode 60 next week. Woo! Woo-hoo! All right. Good night. Okay. Bye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about and links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on Patreon.com. Thanks again for listening. Okay, that's it. We're all picked so, up. So I had, a, I had a chance to tell a political joke, which I don't get to tell very often, but um, Donald Trump and, and Justin Trudeau are walking along the road, and they find a, gen- a genie in a bottle, and they release the genie, and the genie says, I'll grant you both one wish. And Donald Trump goes, that's easy. I want you to build a 100-foot wall all the way around the United States to keep all those immigrants out. And Justin Trudeau says, fill it with water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. He's so smart. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how smart he is. Did you ever see the um, documentary on crosswords? No, of course not. I'll I'll have to find, dig it up and find it. I saw it once on on PBS. It was pretty cool. It's amazing. All the people around the world who do crosswords on a daily basis, like Jon Stewart and a bunch of other 
you know, really cool people talking about crosswords. the whole thing about crosswords and the history of them and stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, I, I tend to do two of them a day, not, not difficult ones, but, yeah. uh, you know, um, challenging enough, you know, sometimes they're like stupid, easy. Sometimes yeah. they're like preposterous and like, what were they even thinking with this clue? But, yeah. um, I, I do enjoy doing them. Yeah. Carol does, the, does a crossword every day too. So at least one or two. Yeah. It's part of our problem-solving brains, you know, as programmers. I think a lot of programmers like to do crosswords. Well, you'll have to watch it's... the documentary and find out. Well, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> I could or I could just do a crossword. That's true. It's true. So what is what is the word for that thing? Uh, never mind. Oh, wait, before we go. What? what, what? I was going to make a comment about how cheery Aaron must be today because the, the uh, Blue Jays. Blue Jays clinched the AL East. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. uh, you're going to lose me here now. <laughs> well, the, the Canadian content earlier on wasn't enough, eh? Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, at least the Red Sox aren't in last place. They're not There's in last that. place? They're not, They're not in last place. place. No. Well, no. Would that be, I, I'm not even keeping track of these peons anymore. Would that yeah, be Tampa? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is it Tampa could, in last place? Yeah, may, uh, maybe Baltimore. Once now that we're in the playoffs, does it matter Baltimore. who's, like... Show me the well, we're not in the playoffs yet. Yet? No. Yeah, it's the Orioles in last place. Right. Yeah. However, I will point out that my Patriots are 3-0 and and are looking pretty strong right now. Unlike mm-hmm. a certain Seattle team. Oh, oh. man. Is it, everybody's like ready to jump off the bridges here. And then I'm, I'm, a, a, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So I'm like, oh, oh God. But, like, yeah, how can you have a team without a quarterback and without a receiver for you might as well just, weeks? Uh, you might as well just just not even pay attention to football at all this entire season. Just, it didn't happen, right? Exactly. With the, with the Cowboys and the Seahawks. So the Pats are playing the, uh, the Seahawks, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after. I'm sorry, not the Seahawks, the, the Cowboys in Dallas. Mm. But It'll okay, be, you're, uh, not, you're not paying attention anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how badly they crush them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron's favorite topic. Yeah, well, you know, it's always fun to watch the NFL. Um, so go for it. All right, kids, say it, Tim. All right, and scene. And scene. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 